you're seeking biblical wisdom and understanding in these difficult and trying times, and you recognize the power of God's Word to delve deep into the issues of the heart, then welcome to Biblical Counseling Today with Dr. John Kwasney, husband, father, counselor, author, and teacher. Join us for Christ-centered, gospel-driven truth concerning our individual, marital, and parenting struggles. This is Biblical Counseling Today. I recently read a story in Time Magazine with an intriguing title, The Science Behind Why People Gossip and When It Can Be a Good Thing. Since I absolutely love science, especially when it is elevated above what the scriptures teach, I just had to read it. The article begins like this. People tend to think of gossip as synonymous with malicious rumors, put-downs, or the breathless propagation of a tabloid scoop. But researchers often define it more broadly as talking about people who aren't present, says Megan Robbins, an assistant professor of psychology at the University of California, Riverside. It's something that comes very naturally to us, an integral part of conversation, information sharing, and even community building. It is not necessarily negative, but can be positive or neutral. Now, here's a great example of the importance of definitions. If you define gossip as simply talking about people who aren't present, then of course it isn't always negative. But is that what the Bible, what God's Word says about gossip? Then the next part of the article addresses the question, why do people gossip? Here's a pull quote. Some researchers argue that gossip helped our ancestors survive. Evolutionary psychologist Robin Dunbar first pioneered this idea, comparing gossip to the grooming primates engage in as means of bonding. Instead of picking fleas and dirt off one another to bond, Ludden explains, we now talk, which is where gossip comes in because chit-chat is mostly talking about other people and conveying social information. I had a hard time getting through that without laughing. Because, of course, if you do not factor God or sin into the equation, then we gossip to bond with others just like monkeys with clothes on. The article goes on to discuss what happens to our brains when we gossip, but I won't bore you with that bit of obvious information. And then finally, the article asks the question, can gossiping be good for you? Well, here's one psychologist's answer. The act of gossiping, Feinberg explains, helps calm the body. In addition, Feinberg's research has shown that gossip can promote cooperation by spreading important information. Here's the quote. When people say your reputation precedes you, it's because they have heard gossip about that person, he says, which can be extremely useful. But she does add, that said, disseminating or not correcting gossip you know to be untrue doesn't have any pro-social benefit. Do you think? Well, then another researcher added that gossip can stave off loneliness and serve as a healthy form of entertainment. Okay, I'm a little exhausted already as we start this podcast. That's enough from the science. So how does that match up with what the Word of God teaches us about gossip? Let's dig down deep today and see if we've been underestimating the goodness of hearing things through the grapevine.
Our communication topic today is not one that is foreign to us. I think it's pretty fair to say that there is not one of us who has either gossiped about others or been gossiped about by others. The good and the bad news is that the Bible speaks extensively about this use of the tongue. Do you think it has anything positive to say about gossip like some modern psychologists do? Well, we'll search the scripture to find out. We'll begin in the book of Romans, chapter 1, verse 29 to 31. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Well, we know in Romans 1, the Apostle Paul is talking about people who reject God, non-Christians who are in rebellion against God. These unbelievers deny the truth of Jesus Christ, leaving them filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, and a full list of bad attitudes and bad behaviors. According to Paul, they are gossips. So right away, we can tell that Paul does not consider gossiping to be a good thing. So instead of relying on a modern psychologist definition, let's agree on a proper definition of gossip. The etymology of the word is actually quite fascinating. Gossip comes from the two words, God and Sib. Yes, God and sibling mashed together. A gossip is literally a God relative, like we would say Godmother or Godfather. This old English word evolved from describing a godparent, a godsip, to more specifically, a woman friend who attends a birth. Well, then by the mid-1500s, it came to mean anyone engaged in familiar or idle talk. But then by the 1800s, the common understanding became trifling talk and groundless rumor. So to use the verb form to gossip is to talk idly about the affairs of others. Well, I think we also need this definition. Gossip is secretive conversation about a person without his or her knowledge with the goal of tearing down his or her reputation. So we need to set aside any notion that gossip can be positive or neutral. Why? Because it does not come from a heart of wanting to build up another person. It doesn't include just talking about another person positively because it includes all of these three components. One, it's secretive. Two, it happens without the other person's knowledge. And three, it has the goal of tearing down that person. Now, where we may get confused is that gossip doesn't always include slander, telling lies about another person. So we can feel justified in our gossiping because we are just telling the truth. In our minds, being honest somehow trumps talking behind someone's back. Or I've often heard this excuse. I'm not gossiping because I would say this exact thing to this person's face. But does that alone let us off the hook and absolve us from the sin of gossip? I don't think so. And here's another one. This isn't gossip because I don't think he would mind that I'm sharing this. Uh, do you have that in writing? Did you really get permission? Again, that's a cop-out. 
Then there's the ultimate Christian justification. I'm sharing this information with you so that you can pray for this person. Again, do you have this right? Did you get permission? And is your genuine heart motive to help this person or just share some juicy information? Now, the fact is we all gossip and we all listen to gossip. But that cannot be an excuse for disobeying God's word. Either gossip is a sin or it's not. And either what we're doing is gossip or it's not gossip. Well, let's continue looking at Scripture. We pick up in Romans 1.32. Though they knew God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them, but give approval to those who practice them. Again, the they in these verses are non-believers who are in rebellion against God. Deep down, they know there's a God and they're required to live for Him. Because of their sins, they deserve to die. Of course, this they is all of us. We all deserve to die for our sins because of God's righteous wrath. So do we truly understand that gossip is a sin that requires death as a punishment? Or is gossip just some sort of minor sin that just requires a slap on the hand? Do Christians, do you, take this sin of gossip seriously? Well, let's go on to 2 Corinthians 12, verse 20. Paul writes, For I fear that perhaps when I come, I may find you not as I wish, and that you may find me not as you wish, that perhaps there may be quarreling, jealousy, anger, hostility, slander, gossip, conceit, and disorder. Again, you hear Paul, this time writing to the church he has started at Corinth. Paul is concerned that he may find some bad, sinful things going on in the church. And what did he put on his list of concerns? Gossip. So let's stop and think about why gossip is so tempting among church members, among Christians, when we're called to love one another as brothers and sisters. Well, for one thing, we are brothers and sisters, so that tempts us to act like siblings, like rivals, sadly, like bad family members. Also, when we worship and serve with people week in and week out, we can get close. And then getting close allows us to see others' flaws more clearly. To add to that, we can be surprised or even shocked by other Christians' sins. This can tempt us to gossip about it to others. And, of course, we are sinners, so we will sin against each other, which will provoke us and tempt us to gossip. So even for Christians, gossip is a huge temptation. Our sinful hearts enjoy putting other people down to others, seeking to lift ourselves up. Juicy information can just be too hard to pass up, too much not to tell someone else. Sadly, even like the psychologist said, it can become a form of entertainment. And yes, it is sinful entertainment. Well, let's move on to 2 Thessalonians 3, verse 11, where Paul there writes, For we hear that some among you walk in idleness, not busy at work, but busybodies. Here the apostle is writing to another church about problems that are closely connected to the communication problem of gossip. We'll begin with the word busybody. Here's another word that has developed from Old English into Middle English. 
Ultimately, it was used to describe a person who pries, who is meddlesome in things that do not concern him. The busy part of the word is rooted in the word anxiety, an anxiety that keeps someone in constant motion. So the busybody anxiously and wrongly gets involved in other people's lives, in their business, if you will. This connects to the other phrases used by Paul. These busybodies walk in idleness and are not busy at work. Well, that makes total sense, doesn't it? Busybodies who spend all their time gossiping are actually really lazy people who don't mind their own business, who aren't busy with their own business. Gossips are idle. They're irresponsible. They're not productive. They traffic in the lives of others so they really don't have a life of their own. Or they're simply avoiding their own life. Paul is dismayed to hear that there are busybodies in the church. This is not good for the health of the body of Christ. We are supposed to be busy with the work of ministry, busy with the work of worship, serving one another, evangelizing the lost. Consider how spending time gossiping about others keeps us from extending the kingdom of God to this world. But we aren't done with this particular text yet. Listen to verse 12. Now such persons we command and encourage in the Lord Jesus Christ to do their work quietly and to earn their own living. Do you hear it? Paul now gives the antidote for being a busybody. Do you work quietly and earn your own living? When we are being a responsibly hard worker, we will not have the time to be wrongly involved in other people's lives. So this goes for gossip as well. Way too much time is wasted when we are spending our time talking about others behind their backs in order to tear them down. Christians are to be good stewards of their time and energy. Well, then let's go to 1 Timothy 5, verses 11 to 13. Paul writes to Timothy, But refuse to enroll younger widows, for when their passions draw them away from Christ, they desire to marry and so incur condemnation for having abandoned their former faith. Besides that, they learn to be idlers going about from house to house, and not only idlers, but also gossips and busybodies, saying what they should not. Here again, the Apostle Paul is highly concerned about the problem of gossip. He's giving instructions to young Pastor Timothy about young widows in the church. Paul cautions strongly against allowing young widows to enroll in ministry to serve in formal capacities in the church. What is the problem, Paul? Well, for one thing, they will probably seek to be remarried pretty quickly since they are so young. But they had other deeper problems than simple loneliness. Young widows, according to Paul, learned to be idlers, to just hang out, not working at all. They actually were going from house to house, living off other people. Worse than that, this idle lifestyle leads to being gossips and busybodies, saying what they should not. Isn't this a vivid picture of how easy it is to have a gossiping lifestyle? It begins with having nothing else to do and emptiness in life. Yet again, these young widows were caught up in the lives of others because of the tragedy of their own lives, and they became gossips. They spend their lives talking about what they should not. 
By the way, it sounds a little bit what goes on in a lot of social media sites these days. Well, let's read 1 Peter 4, verses 12 to 14. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings, that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed, because the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. Now, you'll see what this has to do with gossip in a moment. First, get what Peter is saying. He is writing to Christians who will be persecuted for their faith. This fiery trial will be a test of their faith. Peter describes his persecution as being insulted for the name of Christ. What are you supposed to do when you're suffering for the name of Christ? Rejoice in it. The glory of God will rest on you. But the next verse may surprise us a bit. Listen to verse 15. But let none of you suffer as a murderer or a thief or an evildoer or as a meddler. Actually, this verse makes perfect sense until the last word. Of course, Christians should not be murderers, thieves, or evildoers. If we're involved in any of those things, we should suffer the consequences. But let none of you suffer as a meddler. What's a meddler again? Literally, it's someone who throws himself into the middle of something, something that is not his or her business. Most of us want to get out of the middle of people's conflicts and problems. But the meddler jumps into the middle. This is just another word for busybody, busy about things that we should not be concerned about. Instead of jumping in the middle to help people resolve a problem, as a counselor does, as a peacemaker does, the meddler just makes more trouble. A meddler just enjoys the conflict and the drama. So the meddler is connected to being a busybody that brings us right back to being a gossip. And according to Peter, this is a serious problem. Meddling in other people's affairs is in the same league as murdering and thievery. Again, we must ask ourselves as Christians, do we take the sin of gossip seriously? Do we see it as God wants us to see it? Well, let's expand on this problem of gossip. Remember, one excuse that is often given to justify gossip is that we are just speaking the truth. But the problem is that the person being talked about hasn't given permission to speak this truth that he or she would rather keep private. So even the truth can be gossip. But much of gossip is untrue or exaggerates the truth or puts the truth into the wrong context or a bad light. In other words, gossip is often slanderous. Listen to Leviticus 19, verse 16. You shall not go around as a slanderer among your people, and you shall not stand up against the life of your neighbor. I am the Lord. Well, this takes us back to the law of God. In his law, God condemned the practice of slander. So let's define slander clearly. The simplest definition is that slander is gossip about another person that is untrue. But let's go further into the heart of the matter. Slander is the purposeful lying about a person in order to destroy his or her reputation. Leviticus 19 verse 16 is even more pointed. Slander is standing up against the life of your neighbor. 
Slander destroys people's lives. Another way to think about slander is that it is stealing. Stealing someone's good name. Since a good name is our greatest treasure, according to Proverbs, we are stealing the greatest treasure a person has in this world. So slander is absolutely against God's ways and God's holiness. People of the truth should not be involved in the willful tearing down of people's names and reputations. Speaking of Proverbs, let's run through some wise sayings to help us turn from this practice of slanderous gossip. First, Proverbs 11.13. Whoever goes about slandering reveals secrets, but he who is trustworthy in spirit keeps a thing covered. Now again, we have that close connection between slander and gossip. It's really all about the revealing of secrets. Now, as a biblical counselor, and if you're a counselor as well, we're keepers of lots of secrets. Confidentiality is at the heart of the relationship between counselor and counselee. Of course, this is true in many other professional relationships, doctors, attorneys, etc. If I didn't keep the secrets of others, I would not be a counselor for very long. I would not be trustworthy at all. But in some ways, it's pretty easy to keep professional secrets. It's much harder to keep secrets that are way more personal. For example, when someone does something to hurt you, you will want to tell someone or a lot of someones about how you were wronged. It can easily move from gossip to slander as you exaggerate with the intention of ruining that person's reputation. Now, just to be clear, there are times when sharing what other people have done against you isn't gossip, especially if you're actually looking for biblical counsel and wisdom in how to handle a situation. But it is gossip and slander when it comes from a heart of revenge or a heart of malice with a desire to hurt that other person. Listen to Proverbs 16, verse 28. A dishonest man spreads strife and a whisperer separates close friends. Here we have slander and gossip set side by side again. A slanderer is simply a dishonest person who is seeking to spread strife. The heart beneath a slanderer is the enjoyment of stirring up division. But then we have another synonym for gossip, a whisperer. Isn't that a good description? Gossip is often done in whispers since it is such a secretive act. And sadly, we can even gossip against a close friend, the last person we should gossip against. Or this proverb could be referring to a person who gossips in order to separate two other people who are close friends. This is something we witness children and teenagers do, say things just to break up friendships. But can we also do this as Christian adults? I have seen it in the church way too often. Whispering gossip divides when we should be unifiers. Listen to Proverbs 18, verse 8. The words of a whisperer are like delicious morsels. They go down into the inner parts of the body. So we have to address how this communication problem of gossip is a two-way problem. This is a talking and listening problem. There would be no gossip if there weren't people listening to the gossip. And gossip is delicious. This proverb gives us the image of eating delicious food when we listen to gossip. It just tastes so good. But it's sort of like eating food that is way too rich. It goes down into the inner parts of the body. It clogs the arteries. 
it damages major organs in the long run. It may seem like the gossiper is the sinner, but when we listen to gossip, we get sinfully impacted as well. It creates problems for us too. Just think of a time where you thought very highly about a person you really like him or her. Then someone shared some damaging information about him or her, and it changed everything. Now, if you're like me, you want to know things about people so you aren't naive or don't get into relationships that may uh, end up being hard. But that is so selfish about me, and I guess you as well. We shouldn't be out there vetting people, looking for gossip about folks so we can then decide whether or not we want a relationship with them. God calls us to love one another. That means making our own assessments and our own unique relationships, not protecting ourselves by looking for gossip. But I get how tempting it is for us to listen to gossip about others. We need to know that it does damage, though, to our hearts and minds. Then there's Proverbs 20, verse 19. Whoever goes about slandering reveals secrets. Therefore, do not associate with a simple babbler. Well, this proverb tells us what to do with a person who is a regular gossip, a simple babbler. We are not to associate with him. Do you find it hard to disassociate with gossips? It would really help if we all heeded this wisdom. Well, one more proverb, Proverbs 26, verse 20. For lack of wood, the fire goes out, and where there is no whisperer, quarreling ceases. Wow, this is a great statement of truth, isn't it? Gossip just produces more conflict and destruction. When we get rid of gossip in our lives, the fire of conflict tends to go out. We need to hold on to this truth in our marriages, our families, and our churches. Instead of relying on gossip and slander, we must put those fires out. Well, let's end in James 4, in verses 11 and 12. Do not speak evil against one another, brothers. The one who speaks against a brother or judges his brother speaks evil against the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. There's only one lawgiver and judge who is able to save and to destroy. But who are you to judge your neighbor? When you get down to the heart of the matter, gossip is all about falsely judging our brothers and sisters. Worse than that, we are elevating ourselves to the status of God, seeing ourselves as the ones who hold the standards for people. There's absolutely no humility in gossip. We want to be the ones to save or destroy, when it is God alone who can save or destroy. Our pride leads us into gossip and slander. So strive to resist speaking evil against others. As Christians, we need to help one another to not speak words of gossip or listen to words of gossip. In this way, we can grow in biblical communication more each day. Thank you for listening to Biblical Counseling Today with Dr. John Kwasney. This weekly podcast is supported by Biblical Counseling and Training Ministries, which you can learn more about at bctministries.com. If you have found yourself encouraged or challenged today, please share this podcast with your church, family, and friends. Rate us on iTunes and your social media outlets. It really helps. Until next time, may you enjoy the riches of God's compassionate grace and mercy in your life.